and welcome to Two Guys, One Lightsaber, Marvel Holocrons, the Loki series. I wish we had that cool music and the weird letters going off right now in the front of your phone. <laughs> right. uh, I'm your host, Mike Bandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Ron, this is your baby. Lead it away, buddy. Oh, dude, the first two episodes have been absolute perfection. Seeing Loki clash with classic Owen Wilson. Battle of wits and sarcasm. So perfect. I think the thing I'm loving the most about the show is Owen Wilson. Oh, It is so good to see him on screen again. I've loved every second of him because I swear it's classic Owen Wilson. He's taking that like enthusiasm and then like taking it from other people. It's like, okay, let's build on that. Let's go with that. Like, I just love it. Yeah. And I'm loving like he is playing like Sasuke and Hutch with him and Ben Still is like one of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh, yeah. And he seems like he's playing a more mature Hutch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he he's still the bad boy of the TVA, but he's like so classy about it. It's not like he's got the long blonde hair and sleeping with women. He's just like, no, I am the most badass guy here. Like, I know everything. <laughs> right. So I, I just like his approach to everything. He just reminds me he's really good at playing a cop. Yeah, he is. Another thing I loved is just the cold open, taking us right back to Endgame with Loki disappearing with the Tesseract. Yeah, and I liked his, their explanation with Loki. I love how Loki's immediately like, why aren't you going after the Avengers? And like, well, that was supposed to happen. Right. Because <laughs> he knew something was up, like, because he's got that sensibility. He's like, wait, something's going on here. They're clearly manipulating with time, so fuck them. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. And I like how you can clearly tell off the bat that this is the Loki from 2012, because I love how he automatically introduced himself to those people. He's like, I am a ruler. Yeah, I am burdened with glorious purpose, which is the title of the episode is glorious purpose. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And guess what? Your purpose means nothing. You make other people better. You just lose. That is your purpose, Loki. Dude, this episode got deep. It got deep fast. (laughs) Real deep, real fast. So uh, when Loki gets the Tesseract, we're going to do a quick recap here and kind of take him through the episode. So Loki uh, crash lands in the Gobi Desert and immediately the Minutemen come through these doors, introducing themselves to Loki and saying he's under arrest and Loki's just not having it. He's like, you know, I've had enough of idiots in armored suits today. So let's uh, let's hurry this up. And that slow-mo one punch to the face. God, who knows how long that lasted for him to feel that pain. Right. (laughs) Visually, that was so well done. Oh, it really was. So he gets uh, arrested by the Time Variance Authority and taken back to their headquarters, which apparently exists in kind of like this pocket dimension. So... The only way to get there is to have one of those little wristwatch communicator things that all these Minutemen have. Yeah, I call them Pip Boys. Yeah, (laughs) it kind of looks like one, doesn't it? Especially with the clock. Like, all she needs to do is give a thumbs up and she looks like the Pip Boy from Fallout series. Oh, dude, Miss Minutes looks exactly like taken from Fallout. (laughs) I, I think that's what I like about the whole TVA. They look like Fallout. Yeah, I mean, even their headquarters looks Fallout ish. Yeah, it's just that style. It's that um steampunk 50s era. Like, yep. even though they have the most advanced technology, they use the most unadvanced versions of that technology. It's weird. Like the, the screens on their computers and stuff. I, I just love that style that you've seen from the TVA in this. Everything about this. And like, even when Loki first goes there, I don't know about you, but we'll see it more in episode two as well. There's a very sinister undertone with the TVA. Mm-hmm. Very sinister. Well, the most important thing I think that was also introduced was the reset bombs yes. right off the bat. 
yep so as soon as they get loki out of that desert they set this little reset bomb and from what is explained in the video when loki is awaiting trial that these reset charges basically just delete this timeline or this like branch off of what's called the sacred timeline right and i don't know if you caught this mike but in that video it said the tva was created due to a multiversal war where <laughs> timelines battled for supremacy dude mm -hmm. we're i think we're leading into a secret wars man i hope so and like the other thing is that uh kevin feige has even said that this show has the most impact on the marvel cinematic universe than any other show so I'm like, all right, bring it. <laughs> I'm thinking Doctor Strange 3 is going to be Secret Wars. That's how you make Doctor Strange the new favorite for everyone and be turning Avengers still. So, right. How would you like the whole uh, his processing scene when he was getting processed into the TVA for his appearance in front of the judge? I loved it like <laughs> the whole scene where like Loki has to go through like what looks like a metal detector is like if you're a robot you will be basically imploded from the inside out like he's like <laughs> wait what if I'm a robot and I don't know I'm a robot <laughs> oh it was perfect yeah <laughs> and then it's like hey here sign this this is verifying everything you've ever said what <laughs> new paper comes new paper. out <laughs> It, it it was just awesome everything about the time variance authority so far like i said sinister but really really like visually stunning and just the whole process that loki's inter getting introduced to is pretty hilarious then uh i believe i know you probably have more notes on this than i do then th this is where we get cut to owen wilson investigating a scene of dead minuteman and the reset bomb being stolen correct Yes, so uh, they flash to 1549 in France, where Mobius is investigating Minutemen killed. Then a little girl gives him what looks like gum, and it's called Kablooey, which will come into play in the next episode. Yeah, and uh, I love how Morbius just is instantly thrown out the door because you're like, oh, yeah, Loki has horns on his helmet. That's why she would think he's the devil. Yep, not yeah. Mephisto. Not Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is just a great introduction to Morbius. You see his more humanic side compared to the Minuteman. He seems more in touch with his humanity and the way he is interacting with her before they set the reset bomb for them as two. Yeah, this... God damn, this is going to take forever to talk about. There's so much. There really is. But yeah, uh, it's in this scene, like you can see Mobius kind of plays the head detective of the TVA. And then he gets called back because Loki is about to be sentenced to be reset. And he's going to have to try to stop it. Mm -hmm. So he comes in and uh, stops the judge who we find out who this judge is in the second episode. And she has major ties in the things to come. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to I, I'm not sure if I do. Is this spoiler? Um, I mean, it's a, not necessarily a spoiler, but she has a very like comic book rich background with someone who's going to be introduced coming up into the MCU. OK, cool. So we'll get to that in episode two. But Mobius steps in and saves Loki's life from being reset, seeing if Loki can help him. So Mobius starts questioning loki and just this is the battle of wits and i love it it's so perfect yeah the only thing i was disappointed about is that i was hoping that db cooper thing was later oh yeah but the fact that it just turns out to be a thor bet he's like i lost the bet that thor <laughs> oh, yeah i love that he was db cooper i'm hoping that there was more like pranks like that that we're gonna see where he's these like 
important like figures throughout history <laughs> yeah and they just kept losing best of thor constantly so that shows that like him and thor were brothers like it just shows like how much of that brotherly love was his arc after avengers and and thor dark world and it seems like more and more marvel is trying to make thor dark world more and more important to the overarching it's like that hidden gem yeah of the marvel cinematic universe Marvel's so good at doing that because it's like it takes these for either forgotten or just not cared about films because Thor The Dark World was honestly probably in their bottom two films in the MCU. It was yeah. bad. And it, yeah, and it, it also it. like it was shot really well. There's some cool action set pieces in it. But I feel like it just it came off the hype of um, the Avengers because it came out after Iron Man 3, I want to say, or before Iron Man 3. But Thor was so loved after that first Avengers movie, and it just flopped hard. Yeah, but the saving grace of that movie was Loki. Oh, for sure. That was Again. the highlight of that movie was Loki. So how would you like seeing how um, he showed him like his mother's death and how he inadvertently caused the death of his mother? Just showing him, like, this was what your life was supposed to be. I'm sorry, man. I didn't even know he caused that. Like, that's why it like makes you appreciate Thor the Dark World even more because like Loki didn't even know he caused his mother's death. Like in that movie, he was just like, there was a line he said to Thor. He's like, Thor is like, I wish I can trust you. He's like, you can trust my rage. Like, I'm going to avenge our mother, mm -hmm. even though it was, it turns out Loki was the one that actually kind of caused her death. Because he was hoping Thor would die. Right. Yeah, so Mobius is in the like time theater room with Loki showing him what his life would have been if he didn't use the Tesseract to escape the Avengers. And he's just trying to like, oh, it's almost like he's trying to get under Loki's skin. He's like questioning Loki, like, why did you want to rule Earth? Okay, if you got Earth, what would you do next? And then he just kept asking like, okay, and then what? But Loki actually never had a plan. He never thought that far ahead, which uh, is crazy. Kind of brilliant. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant on Mobius's part, but it, not on Loki's because it's like Loki has this goal in mind, but never thinks afterwards. It's exactly like the dog chasing the postman. But once the dog gets the postman, it doesn't know what to do with it. Yep exactly and that that is kind of how it is and i liked how this whole scene was him trying to stand up and do things and mobius hitting the retraction button he's like i was standing up to make a point <laughs> that was, yeah that, that was probably my favorite part of this is just the battle of wits and loki thinking he can outsmart mobius which doesn't seem possible at this point <laughs> no it does not at all but uh from here mobius gets pulled out of the room by uh minuteman uh b15 who's one of the more prominent Minutemen we're going to be seeing throughout the show. Um, she pulls him out, like trying to tell him, hey, this is a bad idea. And Loki ends up stealing the little time reversal device from Mobius without him knowing. And Loki escapes. He then goes to Casey to try to get the Tesseract to get out of there. Yeah. But then there's a drawer full of infinity stones. He's like, wait, <sighs> what? <laughs> the memes about this scene have been great on the internet. I have it's like, not what seen was it. this worth dying for? Paperweights. <laughs> but yeah, the uh they have a full drawer of infinity stones that are rendered useless because infinity stones can only be used in the multiverse that they are taking place in. Mm-hmm. 
So they're completely powerless. And Loki's like, wow, so this really is the greatest power in the universe. Like, Infinity Stones don't even work. Like, what the hell is going on? What did I stumble upon here? And I'd like the whole uh, fight scene that happens, how you see how he outsmarts the TVA Minuteman 15. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, holy crap. Just keeps on reversing time on her. (laughs) Yeah, I just kept doing it. I'm like, that's got to be so satisfying right now. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, she talks more shit to him than anyone else. (laughs) By the way, real quick, uh, have you seen that theory that Peggy Carter, when he got brought in, was right behind him when he was getting uh, marched to Owen um, Mobius's room? Yeah, I I saw that. I don't believe it once. No, neither do I. I continue. So from here, (laughs) Loki ends up back in the time theater because he obviously can't go anywhere with the Tesseract being rendered useless. And he watches his entire life, what it would have been, unfold. And you see Loki go through every single emotion imaginable because you see him with Thor. He finally, like feels loved by thor because thor even admits like loki i thought the world of you but you're just you can never change and then even his father accepting him as he was dying like calling him his son it was loki's need for validation that he was looking for his entire life all wrapped up in like 30 seconds and then him watching his neck get snapped and knowing he's not coming back from that yeah it says yep so Uh. yeah and then in the moment, it kind of breaks Loki because yeah. when Mobius comes in, Loki admits, like, I don't like hurting people. It's a play for control. It's a trick used by the weak trying to inspire fear, calling himself weak. And I'm like, wow, Loki uh, actually knows himself better than we thought. Yeah, this just showed me why I believe Tom Hiddleston should be the next James Bond. Uh, <laughs> a, sure. the motherfucker looks good in a suit. And B, his acting range, I think, would be the next best actor to take over what we've seen from Daniel Craig. And this scene alone, him reacting to this, um, pretty much, hey, this is your life in 30 seconds. We saw what he's gone through with the Loki we knew has gone through. But he just went through it real quick and watched it happen. He didn't live through it, but now he he got to see what he would have been. And now he, I think it's honestly, I hope, that he's changed but i feel like he is playing a long-term game and we'll get into that in episode two here but i don't know if he's actually believing some of it because you know nobody else is in the room when we see him tearing up or like smiling and stuff like that Mm -hmm. or if this is just his long-term game plan to get that power if when we see him talk to the variant that he is hunting down which is himself right so yeah this is uh when mobius comes back into the office like loki is now kind of ready to help And Moby's like, good, because the variant we're hunting is you. So and then it cuts to an uh, Oklahoma where uh, an oil field is seemingly kind of burning. And we see the variant in a hood set fire to the oil, killing all these Minutemen and this hooded figure stealing one of those reset charges again. Fun fact about that shovel that they show, that's an aim device. It was created by aim, just saying. Really? Yeah, I watch I watch you and breakdowns on YouTube. I got no life. I know exactly. Some fun nitpicks here and there for you. <laughs> but yeah, the, the main Easter egg I think of this episode was Secret Wars, which yep. <laughs> is the only thing I really care about out of this. 
and <laughs> Mobius did mention that there is a nightmare department. So, oh, <laughs> so I feel like okay, like nightmare is he going to be the villain in Doctor Strange? Because there's a whole department on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they're teasing it too much for it not to happen. Right. All right. So, so should we just crack into episode two here now? Yes, episode two. I got a lot more notes on episode two because oh, it's right. <laughs> it's more in depth than episode one. Bring it on, Ron. All right. So starts off in a Renaissance fair in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. There's a group of Minutemen led by C20, who's we're going to be seeing a lot more of in this show as well. Uh, C20 and B15 are going to be the two like primary Minutemen that are going to be keeping uh, appearing. But they're trying to catch the Loki variant. And I love this little like teaser. This PA system comes on and it's like the prize is the princess and and it's going to be a fight versus good and evil. I'm like, okay, you just confirmed to me that this is the lady Loki that they're going after here because like, oh, the prize is the princess because Loki's a prince. Lady Loki would be princess of Asgard. And one of my favorite montage songs of all time. I need a hero. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, God, that song pumps me up so much. I don't even know why. And we see here, too, that this variant Loki can take control of people by putting some kind of enchantment on them. Because C20 takes out the entire Minutemen squad. Yeah, except for that one poor bastard who thinks he can take it and just instantly gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this variant Loki uh, kidnaps C20, which we haven't seen yet. We didn't know this variant takes hostages and takes yet another reset charge. So that's three that we know of. But there was also in episode one, they mentioned there was already three attacks that week before that France uh, scene. So there's at least six charges out there that this variant Loki has stolen. And I don't think it's just like a singular charge. I feel like this Loki, when they carry around, it seems like they have multiple charges. Like, so it's like a charges pack. Yeah. So it's like, she, this, oh, fuck it. She is getting multiple packs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We we know it's Lady Loki. (laughs) Yeah. So she is getting like four to six possibly each time she takes someone. Uh, Yeah. It seems like they come in pairs of two. Yeah, pairs of two, okay. So she's got like 12 of them. Enough to <laughs> fuck up the timeline. Way beyond control. Right. So uh, from here, it flashes to uh, Loki sitting at Mobius's desk getting quizzed by Miss Minutes about oh, the... This was so awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I loved it so much. Dude, I, th- I think Miss Minutes is actually going to play a bigger role than we think. I think she's going to end up being some kind of like actual, like have a body here at some point. Right. Like, I feel like it's too important not to. Correct. So, uh, yeah, Loki is getting quizzed by her. He's got he's in full like TVA suit and gear. And Mobius comes in, says there's been an attack and assembles a team. And then they go to uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. But before that, Mobius asked if uh, Loki asked, like, aren't you afraid I'm going to betray you since I'll have access to my magic where we're going? It's like, no, because that wouldn't get you any closer to the timekeepers. And Loki's like, wait, that that's on the table. So now Loki feels like he can get a meeting with these so-called timekeepers. Mm-hmm. He's so, always playing the long game, man. Yep. And this is where we see that nugget of a plan come into Loki's eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, And also, I don't want to get disintegrated and put back into my timeline with no memory of this whatsoever. <laughs> right. So uh, then they go to this Oshkosh uh, Renaissance Fair and Loki immediately tries to take control of the situation like classic Loki. 
Yeah, I liked how he. I I bought. I I don't know about you, but I bought into this hook, line, and sinker oh, for a second. Right. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, this is a trap." He's like, "I'm at the center of the plan. This other variant wants me. This other variant wants to rule the TVA. Wants to get rid of the timekeepers." I'm like, "Loki, you just you just unveiled your entire plan, you dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, "Yep, yeah, no one's outside." Morbius is like, "Yeah, you even had me going there for a second. You had me there right until the end." right he took it just a little too far <laughs> but then they uh reset that timeline and go back to the tva and now this is where mobius starts talking to that judge we saw in the first episode ravona renslayer so in the comics ravona renslayer is actually the love interest of kang the conqueror no shit yep that is very interesting ronald and i also think that when you're seeing him talk to her they're saying like oh yeah use a coaster and he's like also making like oh you got this other guy like you know it must be from him and like the pen and all that i think morbius doesn't understand there's another version of him out there another variant of him um it's either that or i have a feeling like the way they're gonna introduce kang is maybe he was actually a TVA employee at one point. That could make sense. I mean, that, that I think that would be the perfect way to introduce him. Right. I think he's supposed to get introduced in... Um, it's uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man. So maybe it was just like a little tease of it. And maybe. that way, when he says, I'm from the TVA, that could make sense. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Good, uh, good Good making Marvel theories there, uh, Ron. I didn't know you started working for New York. <laughs> right. Good point. That, that's my one little uh, theory. <laughs> I mean, the guy who's going to be playing Kang, uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. He was asked, he's like, hey, are you actually in the Loki series? He's like, no, 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 I'm not in there. No, no. I'm like, okay, so he might show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd you like this whole back and forth, though? Like, Moby is kind of like being like, no, Loki, he is a little bit arrogant, but he's like, I see something in him, like, kind of thing. I love it because that like from uh, the judge, they go to Loki and Mobius, like kind of bickering back and forth. Like Mobius, like, "Hey, Loki, this is your last shot. If you just mess up again, you're gonna be erased." And he's yeah. like, "He's like, you know why I think you're gonna help us and you're gonna like fall in line because you know there's a superior variant out there and you can't stand the thought of being lesser than anyone. Your insecure need for validation is gonna keep you motivated to find this person." And that we that gets paid off so well. That yes. <laughs> oh, dude, Mobius has Loki figured out to a T. And Owen Wilson's so good at delivering the lines and just flexing on him. Right. But like being <laughs> casual about it. Like, dude, you're not gonna outsmart me, bro. Right. Like I know you. <laughs> and that's just like Owen Wilson, like in Drill Bit Taylor, like when he's giving advice to kids or like in wedding crashes like it's just the way he delivers lines when he knows he's the smartest motherfucker in the room yeah or the cleverest guy <laughs> like I'm, I'm being serious like you know in like wedding crashes when he shits on um uh, bradley cooper in that movie yep. he's shitting on bradley cooper making fun of him at the <laughs> dinner scene table because he knows he's more clever than bradley cooper right like that's that's his acting it's like it's not like he is an oscar award like there's two there's two kinds of actors in my opinion uh, especially with movies, there's Academy Award-winning actors, and then there are superstars. Owen Wilson's always been a superstar. You went and saw an Owen Wilson movie because it was Owen Wilson. Oh, for sure. And then this show is literally, if you want to get a casual fan into it, you're like, Owen Wilson kills it. And all of us who were born from like 1990 or even the 80s, in the last 30 years, we grew up watching Owen Wilson for like a decade 
be in mm-hmm. every effing movie we could imagine that we mostly liked growing up. <laughs> so I don't know. That was my little rant, and that's why I think he is killing it as Morbius in the show. Yeah, he really is. Continue, uh, Ronald. Sorry. So <laughs> from here, uh, he tells Loki start going through all the like killings that the variant has done and try to like determine this variant's next move. If Loki fails at this, he's done. And Loki again tries to manipulate this situation with the librarian. He's like, okay, give me all the files on how the TVA was created. Oh, those are classified. Uh, give me all the files on the beginning and end of time. Nope, those are classified. It's like, what files can I have? She hands him all the files of the variant. <laughs> yeah. But he's going through these and he figures it out. So he, this variant is hiding in apocalyptic events because no matter what happens before this apocalyptic event, it's not going to change the event. So this variant is hiding right before an apocalypse, being able to do whatever she wants. Yeah. And Which I thought that was kind of brilliant. It was brilliant. And you even saw more emotion of him seeing that uh, Asgard's been destroyed. Right. Because I feel like he didn't know that from watching his quick like glimpse thing. Yeah. Well, that and it, it shows the death total, too, of the planet exploding. Mm-hmm. It was like close to 10,000 people died because Asgard yeah. wasn't that big to begin with. But yeah, exactly. So most, he knows most of his people are dead. Right. So uh, Mobius takes Loki to the Pompeii disaster to test this theory. And I love Loki in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just like hey make a bird sound make something and he's just like screw it i'm unleashing the goats and he starts announcing everyone i'm from the future blah 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 enjoy your last meals and then instantly morbius is like nothing's changed there's no anomaly like holy shit right yeah loki literally breaks every rule of the tva right then and there and nothing happens <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's nothing that can change pompeii happens end of story nobody's gonna even talk about a man in a horn because they're all dead right so and so i think this next scene was actually before we get to the end this is i think my favorite scene of this episode is loki and mobius kind of start having this philosophical debate where like mobius is so loki's saying like so you believe in all this crap you believe that these timekeepers created this sacred timeline that they created you he's like you believe this stuff and mobius is like yeah i do and loki's like just when i start to admire like your smarts you go and say something stupid like that and then mobius turns it around he's like okay well let's take your existence who created you a frost giant He's like, who raised you, uh, Odin? So he's like, okay, so the god of the heavens that exists in a mystical place that no one knows about, like, he's like, everything just sounds crazy. Exactly what I just said. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's, I think he's got a point. Well, yeah, this leads into, because this is after Morbius is like, see, he goes back to the judge. He's like, see, he's right. And she's like, you want me to give you a full task force? No, I you you like pretty much says we need more, and that's what kind of led into this whole debate. And then he's just like, "You're a scared little boy," and Loki. That's what triggers scared little boy. I know you called her a girl, but it was a boy in France when we mm-hmm. met Morbius. And he's like, "Wait, the gum?" Yep. And he's like, "Shit, look up when this gum was made. We'll figure it out, and then we'll look up at uh, all the apocalyptic events from the year it was made to the year it was discontinued, and yep. that's where we'll find this variant." And I was just awesome. Like, it was that quick, like, click little thing where I'm like, God, this is why I love detective shows and thrillers of the week kind of shows on CBS. 
it's like when it clicks and you figure it out and i'm like this is awesome so uh yeah they end up going to haven hills alabama in the year 2050 where a hurricane destroys the entire town so a hurricane class eight level eight we only go up to five right now ron so who knows what the hell is gonna happen in the next 30 years (laughs) i i honestly don't want to (laughs) know but uh, so in this scene i don't know if you noticed this did you take a good look at that haven hills sign for the town i mean i did but um i feel like i know what you're talking about What, what do you what did you see ron Okay, so you see like this beautiful town on this water, but then you see this like industrial yeah, thing with in the, the small yeah yeah just casting a shadow onto this beautiful place. I'm like, why do I feel like this is like an actual reference to the TVA? Like this just gives me more sinister vibes. Well, that and um RXX the company oh yeah the Roxxon Corporation yeah who is it's been in the Marvel it's always been in the background for things yep. So it's kind of funny that they're like, hey, we're going to go into retail. Like, we're <laughs> going to make a city and hire people to come live in this city and work for us. So if anything, it's more common about how the industrialization is going. Yeah, I don't think be. it's too much on the TVA, but it's more of like, uh, we we uh, after Tony dies, the, his energy source seems to have gone out by the wayside because nobody's pushing it forward. Yeah. He literally created unlimited energy in his <laughs> chest and he made a building light up in New York. Right. So it's kind of funny to me that like, oh, yeah, what the fuck did you do, Pepper? <laughs> Why is this shit happening still? But yeah, I, I think you're right. That probably is more towards like the Roxxon Corporation yep. than the TVA. But yeah, I just found it really interesting that like the indus- industrial part was casting this gross shadow. Yeah. Everything beautiful. <laughs> and dude, this um, the CGI work on this, like seeing the buildings blow up and all that. It's just like, holy shit, I'd be scared shitless right now. Right. So they go into uh, this rocks cart, which is this mm-hmm. big, uh, like you said, big like retail store, almost like a Costco type deal. And um, so they split up into teams where Loki and B-15. Real quick. Yep. Real quick. How would you like the scene where, and this was all shot in like one take, was the whole, hey, do I get any weapons? No. And he's like, using that. And Loki's like, really? And out of nowhere, uh, <laughs> Agent 15 comes out of nowhere. He's like, nope. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> that was beautiful choreographic, like because it timed it perfectly for her walking in out of frame into frame, grabbing the knives and walking out right <laughs> into a locker. I'm like, that's that's the kind of shit I know. Jake was like, eh. <laughs> one shot. Yeah, that it was really good. Everything okay. is shot so good about this. I just wanted to bring it up. I didn't want to skip yeah. that because that was like one of my favorite moments. Uh, I'm like, that's that's good directing right there. Right. Continue, buddy. Uh, so as they enter Rock's cart, you see that the variant is watching via all the security cams. And yeah. she sets a timer for 20 minutes. So uh, Loki and B-15, they all split up into teams. Mobius takes all the other people and Loki and B-15 go as a as a pair. And they come across this guy shopping for plants in the middle of a storm. Like, okay, this hey. is really out of place. Hey, it's a hurricane <laughs> sale, you know, because hurricanes are so frequent around here. They're selling off these plants for like 49%. It's a steal. <laughs> but Jesus. yeah, we learned that uh, this person's enchanted and he transfers the enchantment to B-15. Well, what we've also learned too earlier in this episode is that the different variants of Loki have all looked different. There's like a Hulk Loki yeah. looking. There was a blue frost giant loki too and they were showing all the different versions of loki but they also said every different loki variant had different powers 
Yep. So this Loki variant definitely has uh, control to be able not pre- push her personal soul on, but like more of like a drone soul yeah. where it's like I'm connected to this thing, but it's not me. I can go off and do my own thing, but still monitor it. So we're going to have to probably do like another podcast before and like talk about all the Easter eggs and like the first three episodes, I feel <laughs> like, except for the recap. Right. <laughs> um, Continue, Ron. Yeah, but also uh, the person transfers the uh, enchantment to B15. Uh, from here, they cut to Mobius finding Minuteman C20, and she keeps mm-hmm. on repeating, it's real, it's real. And like she ended up giving this variant Loki the means to find the timekeepers. She says, I, I revealed their location so this variant knows how to find them. So then it flashes to Loki talking to this other variant, which turns out to be Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Loki reveals his master plan saying, hey, I want to rule the TVA. I need a good lieutenant. What do you say? And the Loki variant, their Lady Loki says, no, she's got bigger plans and doesn't want to rule the TVA. Well, it's even that I like, don't call me that. Right. When she's like, don't call me that. Don't call me Loki. So that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, But from here, she sets off all these charges and you see the uh, timeline like monitor at at TBA go haywire and all these branch off timelines come out. And I'm like, okay, is this the creation of the multiverse? I think so, too. It could be interesting, especially with Spider-Man. Once we get that trailer, maybe a lot of this will make more sense. But I'm like, this explains some of the rumors going around the Spider-Man 3 movie coming out and how the new Sinister Six comes to be. Right. So, yeah, I just like my notes literally say, is it multiverse created? Question mark. Well, did you see like some of the planets and timelines that I mean, like I said, we might have to do like a separate little like 10 minute podcast on just these planets exploding (laughs) because I even want to look into some of these certain dates in the United States that why would you pick those moments? It could be random, but I want to know what happened here because like she even dropped a bomb off on Titan. Yeah, there was Titan. There was Ego. There was. Yeah, Ego. She literally dropped one on Ego, for God's sakes. Right. And there was one on Sakaar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting, definitely. It's building up more of the mystery. Yep. I'm just glad I was scared that this episode was going to be, the variant was going to be revealed to be that Loki was a mayor. It's like what you expect <laughs> with like all those Vikings. But now I'm like, no, I hope that's going to be Lady, like him going up against Lady Loki. <laughs> right. But yeah, so we get introduced to lady loki and she opens up a time door after all the charges go off and loki follows and that's where the episode ends holy shit i can't wait and i'm glad it's on wednesdays not fridays right (laughs) but yeah dude so much to process in these episodes and there was a uh, line too, i think from episode one where loki's like yeah you can only trust yourself so Loki is going to be trusting in all these other variant Lokis if more pop up, but he's actually going to put his trust in Lady Loki. And I don't think she's the actual villain of this story. Yeah, and I don't think she's the actual villain, to be honest. I I feel like there's something else going on. There's a reason why she knows so much about the TVA and all this stuff. Right. So there's going to be an interesting backstory. I hope maybe i doubt it'll be episode three maybe episode four we get an episode that's dedicated just to her and her yeah. backstory and i'd be willing to watch it oh for sure but i i think no matter i like i said i think there's sinister undertones for the tba i don't know if ravona and uh 
and Mobius even recognize it, I think they'll actually like end up helping Loki in the end. Possibly. Or at least being like having like that aha uh-huh moment, like where everything's kind of revealed to them and everything yep. isn't exactly what they thought. Well, anything Lady Loki definitely blew up the timeline was to get all those TBA agents to deploy. Yeah. Because she knows the protocols. Like, hey, they're going to have to go to every single one. And when Rona took her staff off the table, I think she knew she was the last line of defense before, before the uh, timeline. Right. Lizards. So the, yeah, this could be uh, Lady Loki's play at the Timekeepers since yep. no one's left at the TVA. Yep, exactly. Clear them out. It's like Hans Gruber or Hans' brother in Die Hard 3. Get them all away from the gold. <laughs> But yeah, dude, everything about this show so far has been perfection. Indeed, buddy. Indeed. Anything else you want to say? I'm pretty much tapped out here. (laughs) That wraps it up. I inputted in some of my theories and all the Easter eggs that I thought were super important anyways in there. There we go. Same here. (laughs) So be sure to follow us on Facebook at Two Guys One Lightsaber. Post your theories, maybe thoughts or questions you think is going on in Loki. Or if you want to email us, be sure to email us at two guys one lightsaber at gmail.com and send us your Loki fan fiction. I mean fan fee. I mean what you think might happen. <laughs> Be sure to send that to us as well at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify for us as well. Keep those five-star ratings going for us. Appreciate everyone who has been listening to us since day one of Two Guys One Lightsaber and our distant, I know you thinking lightsabers. Guess what? We're going to touch everything because every galaxy, every universe is up for grabs with two guys, one lightsaber. And when we crack open these holocrons and Loki opens up, guess what? It's been a pleasure talking about this. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Take it easy, y'all.